We're going to be going through 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15, sorry, 13, all the way to chapter 4 uh, to 19. And we're going to read um, all of the entirety of the scriptures. So it's going to be a few minutes of reading, guys. And um, it should be up on the screen. So I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible. Um, yeah, so 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, if you have your Bibles. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ, we put to shame. For it's better, if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right, rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. Having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who were once disobedient, when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heavens after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to lift the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all this they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation, and they malign you but they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead. Although they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be a sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exultation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of you suffers the murderer, or thief, or evildoer, or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he's not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? 
And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. I'm just going to pray for us. Father, it's good to be in your presence. We just thank you for that time of praise and worship, Lord. Just aware of your love, Lord. Aware of the, the greatness of it, Lord. And we, Lord, want to remain in your love, Lord. Right now, Lord, as we're opening up your word, as we're uh, listening, Lord, we do want to uh, hear from you, Jesus. Would you be speaking through me, Lord? Would, you, would our hearts receive what you have to say, Lord? I pray for soft hearts, Lord, ears to hear, eyes to see. We glorify you, we worship you. We honour you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, yeah. So some of the themes, guys, so far, just to recap if you haven't been with us. So we're seeing in 1 Peter chapter 1, we see uh, the Godhead. So we believe God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Peter is telling these believers, you guys have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And if you were here uh, last week, Kirsten shared helpfully about sanctification, this ongoing being made more like Jesus. And um, he goes on to say, the Apostle Peter, to obey Jesus Christ, be sprinkled with his blood. So we here we see Father, we see Son, we see Spirit, we see God is, God is one, but yet three distinct persons. We, we believe it as a church. This is, uh, you know, it's clear from Scripture. And he goes on to say, you guys are people of a living hope. Um, you guys don't have a, a flaky hope, but a living hope. You know? And as we've just been hearing from Fee, there is an eternity coming that we will be with Jesus. And for our hearts to be impressed about that is really important, isn't it? You know, um, That we just remain amazed at who Jesus is again and again and again. He goes on to say, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, you guys are people of an inheritance you know, that can never perish spoil or fade. As we heard from Tommy, there is a place prepared for those who are in Christ, in heaven, uh, waiting for us. You know, these are the future glory to come for our hearts to be excited about. He goes on to talk about your people of God's house, you know, Jesus being the chief cornerstone and his church being living stones, uh, being built together upon Jesus Christ. And there is submission to human institutions, the governors, the rulers, the kings, um, instructions to servants, you know, wives and husbands, as we heard last week. And today, we're going to look at uh, a life that provokes questions. And don't we want to provoke questions in the right sense? You don't want people to be thinking, uh, what's going on with this person? In the, you know, people feeling disillusioned around us. But in the right sense, where people are, are struck by the way that we live and the way that we speak and the way that we do life because we're under the influence of another, namely Jesus. And um, that's what we want people to see, that Christ is in us ultimately, so that they would be drawn to him and think, wow, like, who is this man? Who is this woman? Why are you the way that you are? Well, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory, Colossians 1 tells us. So... Yeah, so we've read a few uh, scriptures, guys, but you know, in all of this, we're actually going to only look at a few verses. Um, but it's good to read uh, scripture in its entirety. These were the uh, verses I was given, but um, yeah, God is able to speak just in just the public reading right now, just through what you've just read. So, um, as I was saying, these, these believers are in a Greek and Roman culture, 
Um, you know, where there's many gods, many goddesses, and it's not really different today, is it? You know, um, in our in our lives today, that there are things that are a bit more subtle. Um, but people believe all kinds of things, don't they? And there's all kinds of truths people say. And actually, uh, to us, there is just but one God. And to us, there is just truth that is in Jesus. And, you know, I sometimes would say to people, you know, like, it can seem quite arrogant, hey, to say, we've got the truth. And actually, you know, this is not even our opinions. It's just actually what God has spoken. It's what God has said. So we stand on that. And it's really got nothing to do with us in one sense, because actually it's just about who he is. And he doesn't change. So... You know, and when we're looking at suffering as well in this book and, you know, about suffering for Christ, you know, sharing his sufferings, Jesus being that example for us, for us to follow into, you know, he speaks about being reviled and, and so forth. And um, actually, to, you know, even today, you know, in, in a room this size, we can all be honest with ourselves that to some degree we are in suffering in some way, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. Perhaps you've just come through something that God has really delivered you from, which is great. But we have to be honest with ourselves that this is part of the Christian life, that we will face things, uh, we will be tested and tried, the scriptures are very clear, and um, it's not easy, hey, to, um, you know, it, we don't always understand what, is, what God is doing, and just a helpful verse from Charles Spurgeon, it should come up on the screen, um, a quote from him, it says, you know, God is too wise to be mistaken, God is too good to be unkind, and when you cannot trace his hands, you can always trust his heart, and as I was saying, we sometimes can't trace the hand of God in a situation and why he's permitting this. Why is this uh, being ongoing? Why is this going on for so long? And, um, you know, we're kind of wrestling with the scriptures and saying, God, why am I experiencing this? And we can, you know, we can, uh, you can go to the Bible, but actually sometimes, you know, we just need someone to listen to us, hey, and someone just to hear us out and to understand, because as we maybe hear from next week from Tom, that all believers are experiencing something of some sort because there is an enemy. Uh, so, as well as looking into like suffering uh, for Christ, there's also this kind of, now I would say this kind of like warfare language, there's this idea of like, the Apostle Peter is like saying to these believers that you've got to be a sober spirit, be on the alert. You know, there is an adversary, the devil, that prowls around like a roaring lion. There's a soberness for the purpose of prayer as well. There's a, you know, fix your hope completely on the grace of God to be revealed to you at the revelation of his coming. There is this idea that there is a, you know, uh, paying attention, being on the alert, being sober, not being, you know, drunk, not being unaware of what's going on, but there's an, uh, uh, just be aware of your surroundings, aware of your, what is going on. He's saying, guys, you are in a war. <laughs> And, you know, the culture all around you is deceptive and far from the truth you believed on. And, you know, as I was saying, it's not really different for us, is it, guys? You know, the church uh, is facing challenges to conform to this world. Um, and we already are seeing that. And it's, you know, it's not great, really. We see that we, we must stand on um, what, what this says. Otherwise, what, what do the people <laughs> who are looking for truth and meaning in life and purpose actually, where are they going to go to? They'll go to something else that's counterfeit. And the enemy's got many counterfeit things out there already. So we must stand on what, what this says and, um, and trust Jesus with whatever affliction or stuff that we would uh, face. So... We're going to have three points today, guys, and they kind of link to one another. And the first point is the importance of a yielded heart. The importance of a yielded heart. So I'm just going to read the first few verses again that we just read from verse 13. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. 
but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. And we will just stop there. Now, your translation may say revere, honor, worship. And in my margin, I have uh, the word sanctify means to set apart. And um, I've got a um, backpack with me. Now, I was going to wear it, but I thought I might get really hot so, um, because there's some heavy stuff in here. So, um, yeah, this is an illustration, guys, so you just bear with me. There are some strange things in here. Um, um, okay, this is certainly not strange. This is my wife, uh, Sabrina, and we've got our dog, Daisy. Uh, there's a picture of us here. So, yep, there's this. Um, I have a jelly cat sheep. So these are the... These are the Gucci of toys, guys. If you get a jelly cat, you know, you've, you've made it, right? This is a, yeah, very cute. Um, got some Pringles. You know, Pringles are great, hey? Um, yeah, got some Pringles. Um, I've got some Cafe Nero beans. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, but I think Cafe Nero. Um, I mean, Encore, sorry. <laughs> Cafe Nero. Sorry, Cafe, <laughs> Cafe Nero. <laughs> Um, it's obviously been used, as you can see. Um, I've also got um, a film called Up. You may have seen this uh, with the, the dog, um, Doug. Yeah, he's very sweet. Um, I've also got a £50 note. Who wants to? No, just kidding. I need to. Got to pay for the gas bills, guys, haven't we? <laughs> um, I've got some uh, running shoes. So, yeah. Here we go. And I've also got something else. Now, hide it. Um, so in my hand is a representation. So this is Jesus in Bible toy form. So I've got some Bible toys at my house. I've got Noah's Ark. I've got the, the, way, the manger. I've got David, Goliath. Uh, this is a representation of Jesus. Okay, This isn't the risen Christ. This is an illustration, guys. Okay, so um, don't, um, <laughs> Just so I don't, I don't get in trouble or anything. Um, so, so, okay, so why have I got all these things? Well, these things represent things. So I've got, you know, like I said, I've got my, got the relationship here. I've got a relationship. I've got, um, I'm not going to pick this one actually. I've got toys. I've got, you know, running like exercise. I've got food. I've got drink. I've got money. Um, I've got films. And yeah, these are representations of good things that I, that are in my life. And you know, what, when we wear a backpack, we're, you know, we generally wear it because we're going on a journey somewhere. Maybe we've got a long distance walk or, or something. But when we're talking about the heart, there's things that we carry within our hearts, isn't there? And these things are good things that I really enjoy. And, and perhaps in your backpack, it would look very different to mine. Um, but the Apostle Peter is telling these believers to set apart Christ as Lord in their hearts. And isn't it just... It's interesting, hey, that the good things of God that he gives that actually compete. And at times, actually, we may find ourselves in a situation where, wow, Lord, I think... I genuinely are getting more satisfaction and delight in something that you've created rather than you. Why is our you know, love for God sometimes short-lived? It's interesting how we find ourselves at times in seasons of life where the good things seem to compete. The Apostle Peter said, no, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. So Christ being number one so that you, you know, for instance, for me, right, there was a time in running, right? I really love running. I just, you know, in all, you know if it's raining or thunder, I just like to go for it. Um, but I've had to actually stop timing myself. Um, and it's not wrong to time myself. It's not that it's sinful. But for myself personally, it was getting too much for me. 
and I was getting really competitive, and I'd want to, you know, just really shave off, you know, look at the 5Ks and 10Ks and really want to get a good time. But I had to lay it down because I just knew that if I started timing myself again, it just, it, I started to become a bit obsessive again. <laughs> and you just got to know yourself and know what you like and know what's your relationship with the good things God has given and then saying, well, actually, where am I at with these things? Do I need to? Because the Bible says that, Apostle Paul says, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. He goes on to say also that all things are lawful, but I'll not be mastered by anything. You know, and there's something about not being self-mastered by the good things. And, you know, again, to be sober with ourselves, maybe there's something, you know, that you just know, wow, I'm giving this too much weight and time. So, again, I'm not referring to the physical organ, as you can you, you, you clearly know now, um, but I'm talking about the seat and centre of human life. And it was important for these believers to attend to you know, their hearts in the midst of the opposing culture. Why? Well, there's a temptation to stay silent, hey, going quiet in the midst of a godless society, the temptation to fall back into their old ways and practices, and the temptation not to partake in the sufferings of Christ and just flee back to comfort. And don't we love comfort, hey? And we have to you know, learn to put that to death, in, you know, because it, otherwise we, we will maybe not fulfill what God has called us to do. Jesus, in Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21, um, it's going to be up on the screen. Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. So this is him in his Sermon on the Mount. He's kind of, you know, three quarters of the way through. He says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, as we've been hearing about our inheritance that we have, and, you know, Jesus is saying to the, you know, to the crowds, like, don't do this. Don't. Don't store up treasures on earth. And he's talking about how it decays and it perishes and passes away. But he makes it clear, store it up in heaven. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's quite a profound, you know, verse Jesus is speaking here. You know, generally, you know, what, what we treasure most is where our heart's at. It's just, it's very clear from that. And Jesus goes on in Matthew chapter 12. He's, you know, speaking to the Pharisees and, you know, calling them a brood of vipers. You know, a good tree is known by its good fruit and a bad tree by its bad fruit. But he says something quite profound. He says, is that actually out of the overflow or out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks? Or that which you fill your heart with, that is what you naturally speak. And there's a connection here. We see that actually that the heart and the words we speak are connect, uh, connected. So what we prize most is what we speak of most. And we can't truly perceive our own hearts, eh? Because here we are today, we're in the, we, are, we are praising the Lord, we're singing songs to him. And, you know, two hours later we may go home and our hearts are prone to wandering again. You know, and it's very subtle and we have to be kind of aware of just how we wonder. We can't truly understand the way things go at times, but actually we are prone to uh, being led, led astray. And there is this sense of, this ongoing kind of, you know, sanctifying or honouring or revering Christ as Lord in our hearts. It's not just like a, a moment in time. There is this kind of ongoing kind of way about it. Just a few, you know, in the, it, there's, a, there's a passage in the Bible of Jesus when he's speaking about the parable of the sower. Um, 
And we actually heard this in the prayer meeting this morning, so I was really quite encouraged, actually, about the different soils. And you may, you may or not know them. Well, basically, there is one where it goes besides the road. And when there is this kind of careless hearing, maybe you know, you're hearing things, but you're not really uh, alert to them. Actually, Satan will come for that directly. And I know that's what he would want to do today. Hey, He would want to come for that word to you know, anything but the word of God. Don't let the word land. He'll do anything to get away from the word. Because once the word's in, he knows that it's trouble for himself. Because then actually, it, what it does in the believer, it, it transforms them. That's what his word does. Secondly, there's the rocks. Those who receive it with immediate joy. But when a persecution or affliction comes, they, they fall away. And he's been reading in Peter. No, we're going to face some things. We're going to face some things. But are we going to stand or are we going to fall away too? No, let us stand. Also see if that... You know, about the fawns, you know, the, the deceitfulness of riches and desire for other things. They choke the word and the word becomes unfruitful. You know, we're coming to the word of God and if we're coming with a busy heart with many things. As I was saying, these are some good things, hey, but if they are <laughs> priorities, if Jesus isn't the center, then the word will become unfruitful. And no wonder I'm not kind of growing understanding of things in God because actually it's just, it's just it's busy. It's too busy in the heart. And it's, it's really important. And then there's the good soil, you know, those who hear the word of God and accept it and bear fruit. And that's where we want to be today, guys, don't we? We want to hear his words, we want to accept it and bring forth fruit. Some 30, 60, 100 fold. And it's to the Father's glory that we bear much fruit. So really, in all of this, in looking after our hearts, actually, it's for his glory and his name. You know, that's ultimately why we gather. That's ultimately why we're here, because we want to bring glory to Jesus Christ. So it's clear by scripture that our hearts should be tended with great care if we want to be fruitful for God. Now, just very practically, what does it look like to set apart Christ as Lord in our hearts? Um, one is just hiding his word within. I think the psalmist says, like, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. There is this, there is this as a Christian, we're making it our resolve to live clean in his sight. As we've heard in 1 Peter already, be holy for I am holy. He is holy and you know, our comprehension of that is, is we're limited, hey? <laughs> you know, we, we, we need light in this. We need revelation to really understand this because through, if God was able to reveal and show some of this holiness, we would, we'd be, we, we would be falling down lots more, hey? Because just be amazed at who he is. Um, and we honour the Christ by living righteously. We, we do honour him when we choose to make godly decisions and, uh, and so forth. Secondly, it's declarations over our lives. Now, it's kind of linked to the first point. Um, the psalmist in Psalm 42, and another psalm, I don't know which one it was, but there's another psalm he says it. Um, he talks about you know, his own soul. He's saying, why are you downcast, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? You know, he's, tells, he's, he's talking to his soul. He's not talking to God. And there is something about talking to ourselves. Because he tells his soul to hope in God. He wasn't saying God. No, he was telling himself to hope in in God. And there's something about exercising faith. There's something about speaking out. There's something about, as Romans 10 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We're being thankful. We're talking as a new creation. And I've tried to sum it up on a, on a, like a sentence, guys. It'll be up on the screen. Um, so it's like talking to yourself, reminding yourself that your true self is himself ruling in your heart. It's a bit of a tongue twister. I'm, I'm aware of that. I'll say that again, talking to yourself, and then in doing so, you're reminding yourself that your true self is himself, is Christ ruling in your heart. 
And that's, you know, we're, again, we're not praying to God. I'm not saying we don't pray, but there is something, I think, in declarations where we can speak ourselves, speaking to ourselves in situations where we actually need to, come on, we need to keep going. We need to keep going forward. It's uncomfortable. We press on. I'm telling my soul, come on, agree with God. That's what we uh, want to do. So we shared some things about the heart and... You know, we're going to look into our second point now. Look, it kind of again links to the next point, which is the importance of gospel sharing. Um, you know, as we've read in um, in this in this chapter, um, you know, from verse 15, it says, "You know, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts." Goes on, always being ready to make a defence to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. And we will just stop there. So I'm going to share some personal experience. Um, some personal stories in this as well. We, we are still in 1 Peter, I, I, I'm aware of that, but there will be some storytelling, so I think it could help. Um, you know, these guys as well, you know, these are a minority and ungodly society, and, um, you know, he's saying to them that always be ready. Now, is anyone always ready to share the gospel in here? Anyone, anyone, can I see anyone? Well, just look around, guys. You know, we're not always ready. So, you know, we can breathe in the grace of God. We can, you know, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. We, yeah, we're not always ready. Jesus was, though. Jesus was. He's always in step with the Father. Um, you know, perhaps you have gave sharing a go and, um, you know, you were not received. Or maybe you were, which is great. Um, or maybe you've, you know, you've said, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not going through that again. <laughs> you know, and you've gone silent and... Um, you know, I remember there was a time quickly. Um, I was in London and I just stopped speaking to people for about a month. I literally believed this lie that I felt like it was kind of like I needed to kind of speak a certain way with people, that I was, I was facing some kind of opposition at times. And I remember just for a whole month, and I was speaking to a pastor out there, and, and I said to him, is, was this the enemy? He went... Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh man, like, but I was having to learn. Again, sometimes it's actually moments where we're silenced, the enemy just has us where he wants to have us. And I had to, I had to learn that because it was like, oh man, because I felt generally grieved when I was on a train. I was like, I generally feel to speak to this person, but yet I felt like I shouldn't have done that. And sometimes it's a bit like that, where we kind of, for some reason, not have a muzzle on us and we just feel like we have to keep quiet when actually God is always wanting us to um, speak where we have opportunities. Um, and I just want to say as well, spiritual warfare is real. Um, it, it really is when it comes to this. Um, you know, there are demonic spirits that oppose the church, you know, that want to keep us quiet. Um, very real spirits of fear in live moments. And I'm just going to share um, some things where, you know, just live moment testimonies of where if I've been feeling fearful or I've had this reasoning or this suggestion, you know, and going forth with it. So one of them is, has anyone ever had, like, they don't want to know? Maybe you said, oh, they don't want to know. You just, it just comes into you. You just thought, they don't want to know. And, you know, I, I hit, I've had that quite a lot. And it's not, and in all these stories, guys, I don't always do this, okay? These are some things that I have, and I want to learn and grow more and more in this area of obedience to Jesus, because it's a commission for all believers to, to, to witness to our friends, colleagues, families, and so forth, whoever's in our lives. But these are some times that I have, Okay? and coming out of the other side. So one of them, they don't want to know. So I was in McDonald's, and I like McDonald's coffee, which has gone up, actually. I was getting the 99p Americanos, but I think they're like 119 now, so um, but um, can't really complain. They're still very cheap. And I was just sitting there doing a bit of reading before work, and 
I think Ipswich were playing away and there were some guys, you know, these footballing guys and I was just sitting there and I just felt God was saying, like, look, I want you to go and share to them about me. And I was like, okay. Immediately after that, I just felt utterly fearful. <laughs> yeah, really fearful. And I had this reasoning coming, oh, they don't, they don't want to know. And for minutes, I was, I was wrestling and I genuinely felt very uncomfortable, you know, like, and often we can say, well, that's, that's, that's just me. Sometimes there are, you know, our minds, you know, can be a kind of contrary to God. Yeah, we get that. But sometimes it isn't. And sometimes there's strategic, you know, spirits that are assigned to us that want us to be quiet in that moment. And I felt just so weak and just small. And anyway, I was just, I was actually reading the book at the time, the Bible. And you know when you're reading the Bible, but you feel like God's told you to do something and you, you feel like you can hide in here. But he just, he knows that, he, yeah, so it just didn't work. So I just said, okay, okay, anyway, I'm going to go for it. So I go in, I sit at the booth, I join in the middle of them. And I just was, you know, we, we, we're, it's a spirit of truth, okay? So we're just being honest with people. We're saying, this is what I felt God was saying. Can I just share with you? Yeah. Anyway, I'm in the moment, I'm sitting down, and um, I always generally carry around with me a pen and paper um, where I can do a little gospel presentation in two or three minutes, really helpful. And if you guys want to know a little bit more about this, um, Emma Roach or myself, we can do some training with you where it's about how to kind of share our faith. We ask four questions. Um, really helpful just, you know, when you're on the go. If you want to, please do, you know, get in touch or just say hello and, 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 and we'll be happy to train you, even if it was just one of you. You know, if it was just one of you, we'll be very happy to, to train you in that. Anyway, so I go down and I sit with them and I'm going through it. And as I was doing it, I felt God was just saying, you're just here for, there was one person particularly that you were speaking to, that was just four. I was like, okay. Anyway, there was a bit of laughing, a bit of jest, you know, as you do. You get that sometimes, it's all right, but we keep going forward, hey, because it's about Jesus and not really about me in this moment. Um, and I just say, this is what, you know, I come to the end of, you know, you know it's the story of, you know, creation, our, our sin, and Jesus coming and his plan of redemption. Um, and I just kind of left it like, okay, guys, think on these things. Again, I'm not trying to convert them. I'm not, I, can't, I couldn't convert them anyway, but there's just something where you know, like, you just do what God's called you to do in the moment, okay? And the guy that I've, you know, was generally thought I was speaking to, like, just, just couldn't stop looking. And I just knew, and that was really confirming to me to even thank you, Lord. And then some other guys shuffling, so getting a coach journey, and um, some guy thought I was doing the the McKenna's football tactics or something for Israel's town. So um, it obviously, <laughs> um, anyway, and I kind of left it like that and just, you know, just went back to my seat. And, and I just thanked the Lord because I felt genuinely fearful and I wasn't fearful beforehand. <laughs> but in that moment, I was. And it's always strategic and it, it happens. And you come out the other side and, you know, one sows, one waters. You, you just don't know where things end up. Another one is I don't feel like it. I'm trying to rattle through these ones just for time's sake. I don't feel like it. You've been like that. I'm in Sainsbury's. I'm getting my groceries. I'm a bit tired. And, you, you know, you've been, I just don't want to talk to anyone, hey? You know, maybe like this today. I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> um, but sometimes it's like that, hey? And I'm, I'm, I'm in there. And I was just down the, I think it's a tin can aisle. I saw these guys and big biker jacket dude, right? Really big guy and tattoos and... Um, but they're the ones I just love to go for because it's like, yeah, I want to, want to, want to, want to tell you about Jesus. Um, and I just felt like, you know, I, was, I went over there and God was softening me in the moment because I was really very indifferent beforehand. And as we were speaking and sharing, um, yeah, I was just feeling softened and, and I just felt like genuine compassion. It was like, huh? 
I wasn't genuinely, and it was like the Lord was just doing something. And I just was, so I was just listening for about five minutes, guys. Sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes we're just listening to people, let people speak. I'm not going there with a game plan. <laughs> you know, X, Y, and Z, this is what we do. I'm going in there, listen, and, and trust the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants in that moment. So I said, let me just pray for you. And I just laid hands on both of these guys. And in those moments, I'm not conscious of what everyone else is. I'm just conscious, Jesus, you love these people. And it's all, you know, so that's all my focus is. And I'm, I'm praying for them. You know, you pray your breast pairs with strangers. You know, you just go for it, you know. You want to bless them in Jesus' name. And I'm just genuinely just weeping, like, and coming away. And just, you know, I'd pray for healing. I'm going to go for it, guys. Jesus said to do it, so we do it. I don't always know how it always works at times, why there is not always a breakthrough. But, but Jesus said to do it, and we're going we're gonna to believe him for it. And anyway, I left it, gave him a, a few just kind of, like, this is who I am, where I'm from. You know, just be very personal with them. And off I went. And it was, again, I just come away from that again, saying, well, I didn't feel like doing any of that. But Jesus is always, <laughs> he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, Jesus, is, Jesus will move. <laughs> he's looking for people that will just come, will just move with him. And again, it's just that moment where our natural feelings are actually, God, God's like, no, no, come on, come on. Another one, they're busy right now. Ever had that before? They're busy right now, you know, and very reasonable thing because people are busy at times. People have got their headphones in and stuff. And, you know, sometimes we feel like, no, oh, we shouldn't go there. But when... There was a time in Liverpool, I was with my friend Jane, and there was a workman, he was eating his, his food with his, with his colleague. Um, and I just, again, just prompted, like, go and just, can you go pray for this person? So, okay, he's getting down his, like, do you know the door, the automatic, like, window? And it's like, I said, hello, and we just, you know, said who we are, we're just praying for people. And he said, yeah, I would receive prayer, actually. My wife actually has had her leg amputated quite recently, and I'm two hours away, and I don't want to be here right now. And, you know, he's working away, he's doing some construction work. And, you know, you're just like, oh, man, that's, that's tough. And um, it wasn't like, like for them, he's with his guy, and I just said, do you want us to pray right here, right now? He's like, actually, because of my mate. Um, he wasn't a believer or anything. So we just, we just prayed outside and, you know, and just, just to show that we were, we were there. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, I, I could have dismissed it and said, oh, they look busy, move on. But actually, in that moment, I'm sure he would have wanted to be with his wife, and he's probably eating his lunch, but really just in his heart, I just, I just miss her, I want to be with her. And in that moment, again, it's not, I'm not calling them back out saying, let me tell you about Jesus in that moment. It's more, this is what it was, just stand with him in prayer. And sometimes that is as well, isn't it? We're just with people in prayer. So it's not always this kind of parachuting in with people. We're really not wanting to do that. Jesus uh, was not always, doesn't like that, hey? He, he was very personal and respectful of people. So there's a few live minute testimonies of, you know, they don't want to know or I don't feel like it or time, you know, they're busy right now. Um, and maybe you've experienced that yourself. It may encourage you if you do get this and you do feel very fearful and, you know, uncomfortable. It may encourage you to press through and see what happens on the other side and where God takes it. Because he's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think or imagine. And a really a key to stepping out is agreement with God's word. And, there, and kind of ourselves can be quite a hindrance at times because we kind of rationalise things intellectually. We do what seems right. We live by how we feel at times when God's like, I want you, I want you to live by truth. I want you to live by, uh, by this. So he loves people you know, far more than we could fathom. And I would say that God works through man to man. So it's through man to man. That's his way. That's his intention. He works through people. He uses people. Um, you know, whether you're at the school gates, the workplace, dinner table, coffee shop, in the countryside, in the play area, um, maybe you can't get out much if you're on the phone or out on the streets, over the neighbour's fence. Wherever you find yourself, would you, 
let's, let's press into the master. Let's press in and seek Jesus and say, what, what are you doing in this situation? What are you doing in this moment? You know, you could, be, you could find yourself in a coffee shop and you're having your coffee and you're reading your book. But there's all these people around. It's like, Lord, what are you doing? Is there anyone who... Just having that expectancy, that person living in that way, and then when you hear his voice, go. Because it's never about, like, you know, results or it's about obedience and it's about as God's children we, we're just learning to kind of grow and oh we generally did hear him oh this did happen and it's so encouraging when when it does so we're showing people that we care and sometimes that is really all it is just that people care and you know sometimes again as I think Dan some of them don't think he's here at the moment but he, he said something that always stuck with me that we make the next uh, Christian job easier so again as that principle of one sowing and one watering um Again, sort of like exposure. Um, you know, have you have you kind of reasoned like this before? It's not my gift or calling. Has anyone said that? It's not my gift, not my calling. Um, or I cannot speak like this person. Or you know, people are not interested. And let me tell you that, as I said, it's a family commission for all believers. And we have different capacities. I'm aware some of you are, um, are mothers, and you know, you got families, and you can't get out as much. Or some of you, maybe you can a bit more. But it's doing what you can do, hey, with the influence that the people that are around in your life is doing what. Uh, you can do. God will work for your personality, but the question is, is that will you believe him for it? He will use you for his work. He's not looking for, there is, he has no respect of persons. <laughs> Some have different gifts according to the grace given to them, which we're going to impact a little bit, but he's like, no respect of persons. Like, if you're willing and available in a moment, just agree, <laughs> join in with what he's doing. Or people are not interested. Well, people are searching, are spiritually searching. That's why you meet different kinds of people and they're into all kinds of things because actually, um, you know, God has placed eternity in, in, in man's heart. There's something about God is, is in us. There, there's a longing. God has made it such a way where we want to inquire, we want to seek and understand. And why am I here? What, who am I alive for? You know, so, you know, we're praying with people, we're hearing people out, we're reasoning with them as Paul did, we're sharing with them. You know, we're going to pray for healing. We want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit as God wills in the moments. And um, another quick story just of meeting a Christian. Um, again, we are, we're going to be heading back to our conduct in a bit in, with gentleness and respect. But just one more story. I was in uh, Cafe Nero. So some of us go out after a Sunday, after church. If you wanted to come out under, you know, after a service, you don't have to say anything. You can just observe. And you know, we, we want to keep you know, be active in witnessing. It's one way of many ways going out on the streets, but it does help with the fear of man stuff. So it's good to kind of, you know, really do some damage to that hay so we can be a bit more free in our workplaces and other, and you know, wherever we are. So I'm getting my, as you can see, my, my Nero. I do like Nero. I was in Nero. Um, <laughs> I find some, I was just getting a drink and I just felt God was saying to this, just behind, this lady behind me, that there's something about singing over her life. I was like, okay, I held on to it get my drink. I go and tell Dan, and Dan's like, oh, that's really interesting. I thought, I felt like God was saying that she was a Christian anyway. So we were waiting for her to come out, but she didn't come out in the end. So went upstairs and just told her. And actually, she received uh, that, a kind of a similar word to, in a church in Colchester, actually, about singing. But she hasn't acted on it yet. So it was encouraging that God was speaking, and she was a Christian too. Anyway, we just blessed her and, and left it from there. And a few weeks later, I was with uh, one of the, uh, Jason George, one of the youth here, and um, we just went out and about, and um, we saw her with her boyfriend, who's not a Christian. Okay, cool, and we're just sharing, and Jason shared his 15-second testimony. Again, we don't have to do it in five minutes, guys. You can do it in 15 seconds, eh? Um, and basically, we just pray for them, and, you know, as you're praying, sometimes we're, 
wanting to receive things from God beforehand. But, the, but, the, but, in, but sometimes in the Holy Spirit, God is distributing things as he wills in the moment. So it's as we go, it's as we're in this situation, we might find words of knowledge, words of any, the gifts do come, but generally it's as we go, because sometimes we, we kind of don't go, but sometimes maybe even, like, even contributions say that, just, just come forward, just walk forward. And um, anyway, we were, just, we were just praying over these guy, this, this guy, and, and as I was praying, you just, like, just, sometimes God just kind of like prays things for you, he kind of like was just speaking over him and just breaking some things off, really. Anyway, weeks later, I'm in a, I'm in a prayer and vision evening like this, and she, was, she, she, she knew we were from the church, but she, she just came and just said, oh, I was hoping that you were here. Um, but basically, she goes on to say, um, you, know, every, you know, thank you for how many times you spoke to me, but, you know, end of the day, it's, it's not... <laughs> you kind of don't take, that, you don't take that serious, like, as in you don't take yourself seriously because <laughs> you just realise you're just being, you know, in a moment used by God anyway. She said, I've actually just broke up with that guy, actually. Um, you know, the things that you were saying that were really true, but I just felt God was saying, like, this can't go on anymore. And it made me think about, you know, in our backpack, sometimes it is the relationship, hey, where Jesus wants her to press on more in him and maybe what she wants to do in singing, perhaps, but there's a relationship. He's not a believer yet, and it just wasn't helping. And she just encouraged and just, I thought, oh, great, that's really good. Um, and again, we're speaking not just to those who are, you know, far from God, but those who are Christians. And sometimes God is wanting to speak to, through us to Christians as well, and we can receive that as well. So, you know, in all of these things, we, um, we, we don't want to keep quiet about him. Um, what, is, what does Peter say? He says, with gentleness and reverence, or your translation may say gentleness and respect. Well, in the original language for, you know, gentleness, it's like, it's gentle strength. So it's power with reserve and gentleness. Um, so there's something quite, you know, when we think about gentle, it's not just like saying things very softly. There's actually quite an inward power as when we, with the authority in which we speak. Um, you know, the apostle Paul was saying to Timothy, you know, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, you know, with gentle strength, correcting those who are in opposition. So it's, and it goes on in that verse to say that God grants the repentance. It's what God does. So there's, we, we keep speaking. We do correct, as Titus tells us, that we speak and exhort the things of God, you know, with all authority. Let no one disregard you. There's something where, as Christians, and for those who don't know Christ, it's actually quite helpful for them to really be kind of challenged at times and just think, what do you think about this? Do you, do you really believe that? Because sometimes we give up too soon, and sometimes we need to press in a bit more. And actually, with that gentleness, with that kind of respect in sight, in our Christian character, again, we're not ramming anything down anyone's throat, but we do have permission to keep going. In, in situations. And we need wisdom, we need discernment as well, because sometimes it isn't always the case. But, you know, the importance of gospel sharing, why? Well, because, you know, like, Jesus is looking for a bride, <laughs> a people for himself, and there's people out there who do not yet realise that they are actually chosen and actually have a contribution to play in him. And, again, we're not thinking about ourselves in, like, what we have to do, because God convicts people of their sin, John 16, and it's the gospel, you know, his death and his resurrection. We talk about what he has done. That's where the power is at. So we keep it very simple. And apart from that, guys, we really, that's all we're, you know, we're, we're looking to talk to people. It's like, this is what Jesus has done. Let me tell you what Jesus has done and, and leave it to Jesus. So it is our responsibility as people to tell people where we have opportunities. Um, so 
I just wanted to talk about this. This is my third point, which is the importance of body, body ministry. So this is speaking as a, sort of as a church, as a family. Um, 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11. It says, as each one has received a special gift. Um, each one has received something, a gift. Um, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who speaks in the utterance of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we see that the gifts are actually not for ourselves, um, to have some sort of self-love, self-adoration for them. Actually, they're, they're, they're actually for others. And there is a receiving of grace through the operation of the gifts. That's why we encourage contributions, because actually we can receive grace. There is gifting all around this room that, if exercised, we get to receive something from the Lord because of that. Um, you know, so we give grace, you know, we receive grace from one another um, as we exercise these gifts. And the Apostle Peter is like urging you know, these believers, again, to you know, use them. You know, get together in hospitality. Don't don't complain about that. Get together. You know, you're a minority in an ungodly society. Get together in prayer and hospitality in whatever way God has gifted you. Exercise it, employ it, put it to work. And God has made it clear like, in His Word that we're not like individuals in this. We are individually members of one another. One Corinthians 12 talks about that. Ephesians 4. You know, we're a people, members of Christ's body, holy temple, priesthood of believers. A family, the pillar and support of the truth, the bride of Christ. You know, so it's like in all these things, like we, we, we have this family mindset, but we also know that whatever way God wants to use and all his gifts are actually, as we read in this passage, it's for the glory of God. The end of all things is that God is glorified. The end. That's his end. That's why he created everything. It's for his glory. And he created a people for his glory. He redeemed the people for his glory. It's all for his glory. And if we live for his glory alone, it takes every bit of pressure and weight off ourselves because we're not trying hard for Jesus. <laughs> because we just we do our bit. Doesn't he you know, make fool, you know, what the world sees as foolish? He sees as wise. It's always topsy-turvy with God. He, so you may feel like you've got a kind of a small contribution, maybe barely little, but don't we see the principle when, when, when Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread? We, we hear it, don't we, about there is the small offerings that we bring to God, but he brings and multiplies things to something that we wouldn't have thought he would have been able to do. So we just have that in sight. No one will stop him being glorified. He will have his way. This is the confidence that we can have, that he will utterly be glorified, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And you may be here today, and you may be on the fence thinking, well, I don't really, I don't know, like, I kind of like the way I'm living, you know, but Jesus has got so much more for you. <laughs> you know, there's a plan, there's, a, there's you being part of his family and living for his glory. That is why we're here, because we're only giving up the lie we're created for. Living for self is a, you know, is a lie. We, we, we've kind of been conditioned in that way. It's all about ourselves. It was never the intention. It's always been, we've always been made for his glory. And as our minds embrace that, it changes everything. So we're just wrapping up now. So as a church, you know, we sense that prophetically, you know, there's going to be this gospel community plan in the southwest uh, in the months to come. Um, as a church, we're looking to you know, multiply and send to Ipswich and the nation, so we don't want to just keep it to, to this kind of setting. We want to, we want to go out. Um, as a family of church, we're looking to plant churches in the UK and Europe and regions beyond. You know, what or where is God stirring your heart towards, and have you taken 
steps towards it. For example, is it about serving on a team in this family? You know, you've been coming along for some time, but you haven't really just said, you know what, I'm in. Maybe it's that. Um, maybe it's getting on a connected course saying I'm in. Um, you know, getting in touch with a church plant and, you know, offering to pray with them or be on the ground with them. You know, looking over the prophetic words that God has spoken over your life and uh, that God, other people have spoken on God's behalf of your life. And, um, you know, just saying, saying to God, what's going on, Lord? Where, where are we at with them? Um, or leading a life group next turn or joining one for the first time. Um, you know, or coming out on a Sunday after the service to, you know, be with like-minded people that, you know, want to go out and share, that you want to be encouraged in that way. Um, you know, perhaps you've been a Christian for some time, you haven't been baptised yet, what is, is stopping you, Jesus said, to believe, you know, and be baptised. Um, and, you know, maybe you're not a believer in Jesus today, hey, you've, you, just, you just haven't made that decision. Um, you have no reason to delay. <laughs> Um, his grace is here. His love is here. We've sung of his love. There's no reason really to delay. It's, it, when we see who he is and what he has done, it's just we don't want it. We don't want it. We, it's just, he is just amazing and truly, utterly life trans- transformative. So I would, I would encourage you to respond if you, you know, just give your life to who he is. Um, if the band want to get himself ready, we're going we're gonna to respond in a few songs, guys. Um, but before that, I'm just thinking, like when we're thinking about our backpack, guys, Again, the things that we carry in our hearts. Um, perhaps there's some things that you know that even the Holy Spirit has just highlighted this morning, you know, and there's something of response to Him. Again, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily respond now, but it's good to respond in the moment. But just if there's things where you know that have been taken a bit too much place, hey, a bit too much of your time, you've been, you know, you, it's kind of affected your reading, your, your praying, your even coming to church, even, even, even work, hey, a good thing of work can sometimes be a hindrance. Um, so, or maybe there's something else that God has highlighted, and maybe there is this kind of, you, maybe you have been quiet for some time, you haven't been able to go out and share, and maybe there's some things that God has just encouraged you in today, and, um, or anything else, guys, really. I think, you know, I was just struck in the worship, actually. We were singing of his love, and in 1 John chapter 4, it talks about we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. And there's a knowing of God's love, but then there's the genuine believing of it. And I think we probably, if we're honest with ourselves, we've got degrees to go in this way of just really understand, like believing it for ourselves, like having that, that faith just to say, man, I'm loved. You know, I'm sure our worship times look really different, wouldn't they? Even more like joyous for and, 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 and blessing his name. Um, so perhaps that is for yourself where, you know, we const- sometimes we want to live, we want to feel his love. And actually, he's like, I want you to know my love. I want you to know the, the, the depth of it. Um, so I'm just going to pray for us. I want to pray just for us as a church in terms of as we look at even our hearts, but also in, in terms of witnessing and um, as a, us as a church in general. So Father, we, we just thank you that we are uh, here today and we, everything was created for your glory, Lord. And Lord, at times we don't realise that or see that or even... Give that, the, give that the attention, Lord. But I just want to pray for us, Father, that we would, we would help us to have your perspective, help us to have uh, a biblical mindset, help us to stand firm in an opposing culture, help us to speak up, Lord, when we've gone silent, help us to press through where it's discomfortable, help us to trust you when we're suffering, Lord, help us to keep leaning into you as our Father in heaven, Lord, help us to just embrace your love for us, Lord. There's so many things, Lord, there's much in our hearts, but thank you, your word says that you know what we need before we we ask. So Lord, we honestly come to you now and ask that as we, we 
sing songs, as we reflect, as we respond to some things that you perhaps have highlighted, Lord, that we'd come with full assurance of, a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, that we'd hold fast to the hope that we have, Lord. Help us, Lord, to grow. Help us to step out. Help us to be obedient, Lord. We say all these things for the glory of your name, Jesus. Amen.